Hi, this is Editor-in-Chief Paula Gatos, and this episode of the Tokenet Podcast is sponsored by Comics vs. Toys in Los Angeles. Uh, so we've been talking about comics lately at the Tokenet Comics Corner uh, from Boom Studios' Power Rangers that came out earlier this year to the Godzilla comics over at IDW. And Comics vs. Toys is actually where I personally get all those comics that we review for Comics Corner. So the staff at Comics vs. Toys are probably some of the chillest people you'll ever meet. Uh, They're a really great shop that is more than welcome to help you out with your first pull list or even put in an order for that really cool figure they've been trying to trying to look for. P.S. They have some SH figure arts that you might like. Uh, so even if you aren't in Los Angeles, you could also check out their eBay shop, which has some solid back issues of your favorite titles. Uh, and if you can't find what you're looking for, feel free to send them an email or give them a call and they will definitely try to do right by you. So thank you again to Comics vs. Toys for sponsoring this episode of the Tokenet Podcast. You can check them out through our banner over on our front page at tokusatsunetwork.com or you can go directly to their website, comicsvstoys.com. Thanks again and enjoy the episode! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. This is episode 29. I'm your host, Yas, and I am joined by Kitty. Hello. Joined by George. Oh, hey, I'm not at the end this time. Cool. And joined by David. Bonjour. Bonjour. Ooh, getting French being, now. I'm being fancy. Yeah, that's a change. Okay, the celery, man. So, first off, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Pretty hot over here, though. I just yeah. got a Pidgey. I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Pokemon yet. I've got a drowsy. Oh, that's so cool. I got a... <laughs> I played for five minutes. Uh, it was too buggy, and I uninstalled. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you are not going to be the very best, like no, no one ever was. No, I'm going to be one of those blokes who catches five Magikarp, but still wants to battle train us. Cool. I've also got a Magikarp. I'm so excited about it. Wow. Man, how do you level up a Magikarp in this game? You can battle other people. That... Oh. Boy, that's going to be tough. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be real tough. <laughs> so related to Pokemon, this episode we're going to be talking about anime. Smooth Woo! transition, man. That was, that was <laughs> hot dog. Grade A stuff, man. <laughs> you should post every episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about this season, which is the spring season of anime. Mm-hmm. And it's actually been a really good season. Like, there's a bunch of shows that I've been wanting to check out. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been able to finish all of the ones that I've wanted, but it's a really good selection of shows this season. So what we're going to do, we're just going to all go around and talk about a show that we've or completed. Mm-hmm. I'll start. And the first show that I'm going to talk about is a show that actually started in 2015. It's called Ushio and Tora. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based off of a manga from the 90s that turned into that was adapted into an OVA, but the OVA didn't go through 
the whole storyline because it wasn't I guess, finished at the time. Huh. The manga wasn't finished. Mm-hmm. And randomly last year, they just started a new series, series. And it's been freaking amazing. Like, if you love, if you enjoyed, like, shonen anime in the 90s, like, this is totally 90s anime. It's amazing. Nice. The basic storyline is that it's uh, it's about uh, this kid, uh, Ushio, who lives with his father at a temple that they run. Mm-hmm. And um, basically him and his father, they have this very, like, they have a very hostile relationship. They fight each other over arguing about the dumbest crap. Like, they're kicking and punching each other. It's insane. Um, one day they're fighting and he just tells them, all right, freaking go clean the shed outdoors and he's like pissed off so Usha just goes and starts cleaning and he finds a secret door that apparently he never saw before <laughs> in the ground and he opens it and he sees a monster or a yokai down in the shed pinned to a wall by a uh, spear he interacts with the monster you know the monster tells he's trying to you know convince him to let him go and stuff like that and from there they sort of have this sort of ongoing like love-hate relationship throughout the whole season as they try to either get rid of the yokai or find you know different people it's it's a really it's a fun ride where it's you know it from beginning to end they're just there's always an objective that they have to go to they have to at one point they're looking for ushio's mother who you know left them as a kid Mm. and they go across japan looking for her and they run into various yokai some they befriend some they fight um but ultimately they're they're going up against this all-powerful enemy named uh uh jeff (laughs) uh hakumen nomono is the name of the main bad guy and it's i don't know it's just such a great series uh i'd recommend it to anybody who just is in the mood for like just crazy action and dumb antics once in a while um, the characters are really fun. They're just, they're really natural. From In my eyes, they seem very natural. Um, Ushio is it's very brash, but he's a very lovable character. And his relationship with Tora, who's, Tora is the tiger-looking yokai, uh, who basically wants to eat everybody and is not afraid to say it. But their relationship, uh, they have like this sort of weird... Uh, acknowledgement that they're not going to kill each other, but they really want to kill each other. It's really fun. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that, that show, it it ended this season, even though it started last season. I think it was 39 episodes. Uh, the second season aired this spring. Started this spring, anyway. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you can find it all on Crunchyroll if anybody ever wants to watch that show. Is it- which I recommend. Is it one of those situations where if you like, say, Inuyasha, you'd like this? Because like, I like when you're oh, yeah. describing it, I, I got Inuyasha vibes. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, it's definitely of that uh, breed of anime, for sure. Yeah, uh, like when you describe the like sort of argumentative relationship, that Inuyasha was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah, because you know Inuyasha and Kagome, the main female character, they're always like going at each other. It's like a romance thing. But I'm sure also, that doesn't happen oh, here. Oh, it's no, actually, it does. <laughs> he has, he has, he. No, not not between them. Okay. Like he, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. Uh, but um, there is another <laughs> character that's like his like childhood friend that he's grown up with, and they also have a very like argumentative relationship. Basically, he argues with everybody. 
even though he has a good heart, he pisses off everybody. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very 90s. So good. So good. Nice. Um, done by Studio Mappa, who also did the Garo anime series. The so, good one or the bad one? Or both? Both. 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 Okay. It also did, they also did Hajime no Ippo. Oh, I've been meaning to get into Ippo. Yeah. Yeah, but it's... Uh, first, good show. I don't know where it starts. Like, it's one of those Berserk-style um, things. They, like, took a break for a long time or something? Yeah. Uh, I would just start from volume one of the manga and then just I don't know, go from there. Maybe find the OVAs. It's a really weird show to follow. Yeah, I'll probably do that. Yeah, that's a uh, show on Torah. It's a uh, it's a pretty straightforward show. Uh, it's pure action. Uh, got some hot blooded emotions and whatnot. So it's a good show. So, like, question: mm-hmm. Since it is a show from, well, it's a work from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Does it? remind you of anything else in particular from that era, like Dragon Ball or Yu Yu Hakusho or anything, like any of those shounen anime? What's the thing? I, like, I never saw uh, Yu, Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. I've seen an episode or two. Um, as far as art style goes, it kind of reminds me of Yu Yu Hakusho. Like, it's like an updated version of the of the OVA. So, like, all the costumes and everything are pretty much the same. The only thing that's different is, like, you know, it's in modern days, so they have cell phones. Hmm. But yeah, it's very much. I think the closest one I would say is Yu Yu Hakusho. I'd say watch the. I mean, if you ever want to check it out, the OVA is actually pretty interesting too, even though it kind of ends abruptly. But it's still a fun watch too. Yeah, I noticed the manga is thirty-three volumes, and thirty-nine episodes does not seem like a lot for that. Like Dragon Ball Z was thirty-something volumes, and that was nearly three hundred episodes. So I guess, like, how's the pacing of the show? Um, I've, I haven't read the manga, but my friend who introduced me to Ushu and Tora, uh, he's read the manga. Like, like it's like one of his favorite anime manga properties of all time. Like, it's like that and Rurouni Kenshin is like up there for him. And while we're watching, he was like, oh, they're, they're skipping a few of the filler, like, chapters or volumes or whatever. So it's like, it's hitting the main beats, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um... I think for him, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like it was too rushed. I guess, like he, it seemed like he understood why they skipped certain arcs. Um, so I guess it doesn't feel very rushed. I think the only part that felt kind of like weird to me was when it, the skip between season one and season two. Mm. And I guess maybe it's because it's like it was like a full season between when it started and I mean when season one ended and season two started. But it felt like it was not too far of a gap. But it, it was one of the things where it's like, okay, why is this happening? What happened? What happened last time? Like it's kind of one of those things where like you'd have to watch the end of the last episode to f- remember what ha- like what kind of happened to progress the story in season two. Oh, okay. Um, but it's not too bad of a jump. Right. So I think it still works. I'd say try. It. Like yeah, I keep meaning to try the show, and it's become a bit of a joke between us. But yeah, you, I've been saying it since. Like summer of 2015, I keep saying, "Watch it, watch it. It's a fun show." Yeah, I mean, I, I will get to it. It's just it's gonna be. It's, it's gonna been be, a year. It's gonna be. It's gonna be yeah. a little. It's gonna be a little longer. Come on, there's not much going on in the summer anime. That's not true. That is very true. How dare you lie? Shokugeki no Soma is back, my friends. Yes. Okay. I show. am so in love with this show. <laughs> like. 
Oh my god, I love it so much. And they've only had one episode since, like, coming back. Uh, And I, like, need it to be Saturday already. (laughs) There is no excuse for it to not be Saturday already. Uh, That's kind of how I felt with Usha and Tora, because they aired on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And now I just had to wait. Like, it's like, oh, come on. Because, like, there's some parts where there's, like, really good cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can't wait for next week already. Yeah, I just, I I love Shokugeki no Soma so much. Mm-hmm. And I was so sad that I had to wait until summer to get more. <laughs> when did it end? It ended, like, I think it was summer last year. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was, it was summer anime uh, 2015. Wow. And so now it's starting up. I had to wait so long. <laughs> oh yeah like it looks like it's pretty close to the manga yeah oh no season two is only 13 episodes yeah i know oh, it's like, gonna suck. but this isn't about summer summer anime <laughs> no it's not <laughs> we'll get to that um, that, that is a future podcast yeah, yeah future podcast future opinions podcast. <laughs> uh so yeah that's me on ushu and tora uh Kidding? Well, okay. I'll, I guess I'll start with the one that I've actually finished, which uh, from this past season, which is Flying Witch. Um, it is an adorable slice of life show uh, about a girl named Makoto Kawada, uh, who is a 15-year-old professional witch um, in this world. Uh, basically, you come of age as a witch when you're 15, uh, but her family decided that uh, they really wanted her to finish high school because, you know, being a witch in this day and age isn't always that reliable. Uh, so they wanted her to finish her education, and so she goes to stay with her cousins in Aomori, Japan, and... um. So even though, like, she has her powers, she's still learning a lot of stuff. And her, like, sister, who is super powerful, comes to visit. And normies and witches mix. And it just leads to some awesome good fun. I would almost... This was my first ever uh, Slice of Life show. And I would go to... I, I might go so far as to say that I find... Uh, this show or and maybe just possibly this genre a little boring it's mm. a little i I, wouldn't, I don't i don't want to call it boring though because it, it that seems too negative for how i feel about it i actually really enjoyed it it's just it's very calming very soothing very simple nothing like exciting that gets you amped up happens yeah uh, but that, that is like staple of the genre like, what about what? That is a staple of the genre. It, yeah, exactly. It's just meant to be, literally, what if this were just like real life, except this thing is different. Yeah, and, and I I get that. I just, I don't know. I could have used, like, a romance, or, like, at least a romantic interest. A lot. Or, uh, like... It's unique. Uh, it's, it's weird hearing that this doesn't have a romance, because... Well, I, I believe a majority of the slice of life anime does. Yeah. There's there's very little like uh plot 
driving this show. And I like that's fine. Like it it is what it is, but I'm I was really looking forward to just a little more, just a little something extra to see like to give it a real like driving story of any kind. Mm. And it's just like it's just no, this is you know, what if there were witches and they do cool magic stuff. Magic just kind of exists all around us. And it's just it's really adorable. It's a really adorable show. Uh she the girl um Makoto can talk to her cat Chito and they the cat can talk back to her, except she just talks back in meows. Uh there's a dog person, there's uh, uh, like the bringers of the seasons and ghosts and all kinds of things, and it's it's a really cute, very adorable little show. Not really a whole lot to say other than that about it. Um, the other show I have been watching and I haven't finished it is Re Zero, and I'm not gonna try to say the Do entire. It. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Cooney will get mad at me. <laughs> like, what's he gonna do? He's half a world away. I yeah, that's true. He can still berate me and threaten to box my ears. Uh, <laughs> Re Zero Kara Hajimeru Isekai Seikatsu, um, and this is all about this uh, shut-in named Sa- uh, Subaru Natsuki. Uh, goes on a trip to the convenience store and uh, all of a sudden he gets wrenched out of his life and dropped into a fantasy world. And uh, when um, he gets dropped into this fantasy world, uh, he ends up getting into a few scrapes and getting saved by this mysterious, beautiful girl. And um, she basically they end up uh basically be getting brutally murdered mm-hmm. at one point and uh he uh Subaru ends up finding himself able to turn back time so in this way uh like time is essentially keeps looping and it's it's a really interesting unexpectedly uh, gory, beautiful show. And I know I didn't, I was, I know we were going to like just kind of go around and rotate, but I didn't really have anything else to say about Flying Witch other than it's cute. (laughs) So, uh, and I think more of you guys have actually seen this show, or at least an episode or two. I've seen the first two episodes. I've actually, yeah. I've actually not. Where where can you see ReZero? Uh, it's on Crunchyroll. Okay, so um, with time looping, uh, the first thing that came to mind was Erased. So it's kind of like it, the same gimmick in it. The same power I gimmick. I don't know. Kind of, oh. Well, kind of, whereas um, I think it's more of like, you know how in the beginning of Erased, he would only uh, go back like five minutes or ten minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like that. It doesn't go the full erase thing where he goes back like 18, 20 years. No. I don't think yeah. I mean, just, I, I mean, just like the basic power, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. It's, it's, uh, what is it? He, 
it, it's very interesting because there was something about yeah. So the like English version of the show is starting life in another world or uh, life in a different world from zero. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of interesting. Like you're not exactly sure how his he's able to go back in time, uh-huh. but. It almost feels like because when he does, like, get killed and then resets back to that first point where he first arrives. Because he always, so far at least, every time he jumps back in time, he jumps back to just having arrived in the fantasy world. Oh, so he always starts at the same point? As far as I've seen so far. He Uh keeps going back to that point. Um, Okay, I see. But I'm also only, like... 10 or 11 episodes deep and mm. I might have fallen asleep for the last one or two um, just because I was binging it and it got late <laughs> but uh, it like he keeps going back to that first point to try to do it better and That's crazy. yeah and, and like every time diff- like different people end up dead in different ways almost Right. Until he's finally able to, like, get a quote-unquote good ending. Good ending. Yeah, like, from what I remember, he... Yeah, because I think in the first two episodes, he rewinds, like, three times. Mm-hmm. And each time... Like, the first time, he didn't realize what was happening, so he went about events in a different way unintentionally. And then, once he died again, he tried... He tried thinking smarter, and then, but then he still died, obviously. Yeah. Um, So he doesn't ever go to like a checkpoint or whatever because it felt very by the books rpg yeah so i'm wondering if he ever does get to like a save point i think i think at least at the part that i left off at he did okay um and it's very interesting watching things go forward from there and it's it's a really engaging story. It's beautifully animated, in my opinion. Like, I'm I'm usually someone who doesn't like gore in my anime. Like, it just... It, I don't like it at all. Mm. Um, and when I saw it in this show, I was shocked. Because everything was so pretty. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, kind of because everything ends up okay it's somehow like i don't mind because like i feel like i feel like this show is almost building a certain level of like a a certain i don't know if it's like a safety net a buffer zone certain level of trust Mm -hmm. that they'll show me the worst of things and just how bad it can go but then it will ultimately take me to the best ending like kind of like the idea you know where you can play through uh visual novels um and play through all the different Uh storylines and it's kind of like he is living that life where he's Mm. he's trying all the different paths of how he can do things i feel like that's gonna take a backfire on you it's gonna like get to like a really bad ending. That's gonna be oh, it. I'm sure. I am 100 <laughs> percent certain. The other thing that I sometimes wonder about is like how his actual like time jumping ability works because it only gets activated when he gets murdered. 
Yeah. So is he, like, in this world, pulling his life from, like, other dimensions and he'll, like, run out one day? Hmm. Like, I don't know, but... Weird. So, uh, my friend, when he was describing it to me, he also said that it's, uh, it's a harem show? Yes. Is that true? Okay. Like, it's it's only very slowly starting to be a harem show, but it's it's totally a harem show. Like, if you look <laughs> at the art for the like the thumbnail of the show it's got him surrounded by one two three four five women yep <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so is that aspect of the show something that gets in the way at times like never any... oh good good because there are so many harem shows these days where it's very obvious they're just kind of throwing this fan service out there. And a lot of the original harem shows were actually kind of, you know, stories with that just added in for, you know, side material or whatever. Yeah, like, it it has not even... Because, like, you, you can tell that it's going to become a harem show, right. pretty much, but it hasn't really started like it introduces you to all of the female characters that are going to be a part of his harem but like right now half of them don't even like him like as a person and (laughs) those are my favorites yeah so like it's it's very interesting it's really nice i think probably uh one of my favorite characters and I don't know her name so I'm really hoping ah I think her name is Beatrice is this character's name yeah so she is a mage who got hired to work at this place where uh, one of the other characters is living right now and she's basically the librarian so naturally, uh. I like her quite a bit. Um, but she has the ability to warp herself and the mansion's library to any room that in the entire building that she wants to. Uh, basically, the like curse of it is supposed to be that um, it's always the last door that you check. But uh, Subaru is able to pretty much just go, it's that one, and just open the door. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, damn it, how have you defeated me again? (laughs) You weren't supposed to find me. But yeah, it's it's adorable. She hates Subaru's guts, (laughs) pretty much. I can see that happening, because I remember, from what I remember of the show, Subaru is the kind of guy where he takes everything too lightly. Mm-hmm. So, like, he has a very playful way of talking. Um, yeah. Like, I remember when he first gets into this world, he immediately associated it with a game or right. an anime. And he's like... He continues to do that. Oh, okay. Because, like, in the first, the first like, five minutes, he's like, was I brought here by a cute girl who asked me to save the world or something like that? Where is she? Where is she? And every girl he sees, like, is that yeah. her? Is that her? Well, like... So. Uh... He, with this finding, you know, being constantly able to find Beatrice within the mansion, uh, he always, like, he says, like, you know, 
I'm every game master's worst nightmare. Because, <laughs> like, he's the guy who ruins these entire expansive d- dungeons by opening the right door first. Ah. It's like one of his special abilities unlocked. Like, ridiculous. I hate that person. I, right? <laughs> I'm usually that person. I'm the reason why in all of our Pathfinder and Dungeons and Dragons games we use a point by because no one likes it when I roll dice except for me. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so a uh, really good show. Totally would recommend. Driving plot. It gets really interesting. Like you end up finding out that uh, this girl, who originally introduces herself as Satella or something, um, actually goes by... Uh, I forget. I, th- I want to say it's uh, like Emma or Emily or something like that. Really? Yeah. So, like, it, there's a weird thing where she originally introduces herself as one thing, but then uh, totally rescinds it. And she's like, that's not my name. I don't know. Oh, Amelia. That's what she goes by. Um, mm. she, she is a c- contestant, basically, uh, to potentially become the next uh, ruler of the land that they're in. And so the thing that gets stolen from her that in- gets her involved with... Uh, Subaru and all this mess is actually her token proving her worth of being one of the people who can potentially become the next ruler of this kingdom. Dang. Yeah, so like there's a whole very deep plot line that's only just starting to scrape the surface and it's so exciting and I so much recommend this show. I'm not really into the whole knights and valor anime genre. I'm not either, but... Well, like, I will check this out, just to mm-hmm. see my curiosity. For me, it depends on how it's played. Like, if it's super straight and serious, most it's of the not. time, it won't be a show for me. Yeah, like, if it's kind of like... I don't li- really like fantasy shows, but I ended up really liking Gates because it was a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. the first season of Garo. Oh, the Garo anime. Like, I really enjoyed. Did you like, um... Konosuba? Yes. Then yes. You'll like this then. It's less comedy, but it takes the same kind of approach. I'm going to come out of this podcast with so many other shows to watch. Yup. That's usually what happens. Cool. So who's next? Uh, That'd be me. Go for it. Cool. So, um... Yeah, the show I'm going to talk about is called Bungle Stray Dogs, which is uh, literary stray dogs. And it's basically a show that centers around this place called the Armed Detective Agency, whose members are all detectives that have supernatural powers. So, like, one guy can deduct, deduce things super, super fast. Another guy can cancel out people's powers. The main character can turn into a giant white tiger. And... It's a lot of fun. So, I feel bad for the deduction guy. It's like, oh, I can turn into a tiger. Oh, I can stop other people's powers. Uh, I can logic real good. Oh, it gets a lot better. As it turns out, he doesn't even have a supernatural power. He's just really, really smart. <laughs> yeah. So he can look at a crime scene and instantly, like, Sherlock it and figure out what happened down to the T. 
Um, nice. Yeah, it's it's a really fun show. It's got really good comedy, and it can be serious at the same time. And sometimes the comedy is a little overpowering, but it comes together as this really nice package of giving characters you like comedic moments so you like them more, and then putting them in these really crappy situations so you feel extra bad for them when something bad happens. Mm-hmm. Um, like the main character, for instance, he is an orphan. He's basically, when we find him at the Star series, he's basically trying to outrun this white tiger that he's that he thinks is chasing him, and he's later found by members of the, t- the detective agency, and they're like, oh, hey, it turns out you're the white tiger guy. And, like, he freaks out, he goes through this existential crisis, and then, like, he joins this happy new family. And it's it's such a fun show to watch. It's got this really big extended cast of characters, and they've all got these very bright and vibrant personalities, but when you see them by themselves, they, they're also very serious, and you get to see, like, what makes them tick as people. So it's been a lot of fun to watch. It's really, really well animated. Um, usually an anime series will start off looking really pretty for a few episodes and then you can just see where they started to cut corners or where they had to like hurry stuff up because they were on a deadline, but that never seems to happen with this show. I'm on, you know, I finished the show and it was, it was fantastic. The, the entire way through, there was never a lapse in quality and it's probably my favorite show of the season and so far my favorite show of the year. It's a lot of fun, and I would recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen it yet. Did they ever explain the whole brother and sister thing? No, there's a. <laughs> that's just a <laughs> Japanese thing. So, two okay. of the members of the detective agency are a brother and a sister, and the sister has like a huge crush on her brother, and she's always trying to get in his pants. Oh and... no! Oh no! Oh that's, no! That's that's just a thing in Japanese anime now. It's it's really weird. It's becoming a lot more. Acceptable. I, I still think it's weird. Um, it is still weird. I, I've seen it a lot in Western stuff recently. Like, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like in, in some things. And I I took a psychology uh, course because I'm an education major. And like, mm-hmm. and at one point it was um, a, a chapter called Up and Coming Syndromes. Uh, wait, which okay. Um, it, it was all of the, like, new theoretical psychological, uh, conditions. And one of them was, uh, GSA, which is genetic, uh... Sexual attraction? Yeah, genetic se- Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. That's the thing. That's, huh. yeah, it's pretty it's bad. Weird. Like, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's normally only if there's a separation. Like, if a brother and sister are support for adoption and are sent to do two different families but reunite later. Thankfully, that isn't a huge aspect in the show. It's just kind of there for, like, as a joke, and it doesn't come up too often. Um, usually the show focuses on these mysteries that the characters are trying to solve, and despite the fact that they all have these really cool superpowers, it's actually a lot more fun just to watch them put clues together and figure out like who killed somebody or who kidnapped somebody and like the fighting is cool but the detective the investigative aspect is definitely my favorite yeah i remember i've I've seen almost half of it and yeah the characters are really what kept me going in it um they're really interesting and when i found out that they were based off of like 
real like real oh yeah authors. yeah like every yeah. character in the show is named after an actual Japanese novelist so like oh, one me. of the main char- one of the main characters is Osamu Dazai I think is his name and in real life it's a guy who tried to kill himself multiple times before finally succeeding so oh in the oh, show man. in the show oh. um <laughs> that character's to kill himself? Yeah, he keeps trying to kill himself. It's played completely for jokes. Like, he's always trying to find a very pretty oh. woman to commit double suicide with. Because that's what happened uh. in real life. So it's played completely for laughs. And it's it's a little weird, but it, it's funny. It, oh, man. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a very weird character. It's, yeah, he's just very, like, whimsical, non-serious character. So you don't always take his suicide attempts, like, seriously. But sometimes you have to think, like... He's going to succeed one of these days, and that's just going to screw everyone over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was a really cool show. It's one of those shows where I'm definitely going to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got like a few of them that I haven't got through yet, but that's one of them where I'm like, I really need to finish that show. Yeah, like this is one of those shows that I I don't necessarily binge, but there's not a whole lot of time between episodes for me. It, I feel like you need just enough time to digest the plot, like to really go over the fine points of whatever the mystery for that episode was, and then go right into the next one. I feel like if the show didn't have that aspect, it would just be the supernatural angle. They're fighting this other supernatural mafia, and that wouldn't be as interesting. But the way the show is structured, it really gives you like multiple paths, multiple stories to enjoy. So is it an episodic show? Like, case-by-case type of show? Mm, Kind of, but not really. Like, each episode does have its case, but at the same time, there is a continuing story. So, after a while, you'll even see how the mysteries, the episodic mysteries, add to the story, or how they connect to, like, a plot beat from a few episodes ago. Oh, okay. That's really cool. That's that's neat. I like like when that happens, when it's... Not just like Law and Order SVU, where all cases for the most part are just one and done. Yeah, like this yeah. really rewards you for paying attention to like all the minute details. Nice. Also, again, it's such a pretty show. You should like if you haven't seen it, you should at least watch the first episode. It's gorgeous to look at. Oh yeah, like the the character designs itself is just really, like, really well done. Awesome. Right, so uh, David. Okay, so uh, I've watched th- uh, three shows uh, this season, but the one I'm going to talk about first is uh, is, is, yeah. is Speeding Car DX fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, wow. it, it. Uh, it's uh, Space Patrol Luluco, which is uh, it's a short form anime. Uh, it's like 13 episodes, and if you cut out the OP and the ED, like each episode's like five to six minutes long. It, and it's by Trigger, uh, the people who did Kill a Kill and Inferno Cop and like the best stuff. And uh, <laughs> like it, it, Luluco is uh, it's a very charming, touching, funny show. Uh, Luluko um, is voiced by Mao uh, Ichimichi, who is you know Gokai Yellow, and mm-hmm. the uh, also uh, 
over Justice, who is Inferno Cop on steroids, is actually voiced by uh, Tetsu Ineda, you know, uh, uh, Doki Kruger. Oh. Yeah. So, and oh, sorry, what's his name? Overjustice. Yeah. Oh, like general manager of Overjustice. That is a fantastic name. That's been amazing. Yeah, and and <laughs> if you think that's a good name, uh, Luluko's mum is named Lalako Godspeed. <laughs> oh man! Wow, the names. Wait, there's a character called Sex. I'm looking at the list, and there's like a supporting character just called Sex, yeah. and another one called Violence. Yeah, yeah, Sex and Violence. Um, Luluko is like it's it 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 does like because Trigger also did um, Pansy Stocking and Gardabelt. If... Oh, so Luluko is like a clean version of that. Well, mm. short form, it's comedy. So, so I'm just making sure that they did do party stuffing and God about. The, the founder of Trigger comes from Gainax, and Gainax did party stocking and Lulu Go. But, okay. but it's the same bloke. Gotcha. So I'm not wrong. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, look, so, right, so the plot of Space Patrol Lulu Go is Lulu Go, she's a 13 year old girl who wants to live a, a normal life. Like, that is her main goal, is just to have an average, boring life. Gotcha. And that is quite odd, because she lives in a little town called Ogikibo, where it is a zone where space immigrants come in through. Interesting. So, yeah, it's a bunch of space aliens who live in her everyday life. Mm -hmm. And her dad is a member of... The Space Patrol, which is, uh, ironically, uh, much like SPD. <laughs> so, okay. so that's an overjustice connection there. And her dad is, he eats a pill that turns him to ice that that Luluko's mum, Lalako, um, gave him. Because the mum left and she became a space pirate. And at one point, she like steals the town and wants to auction it off on eBay, <laughs> on space eBay. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, like it does have really funny stuff like that. And like this one episode dedicated to being a spoof of Kill the Kill. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. From what I understand, because um, Trigger has two shows this season: uh, Space Patrol, Luluko, and Kiznaiver. And from what I understand, yeah, Imaishi, who did, who actually worked on like. Kill a Kill, like this is the show that he actually worked on, whereas his yeah. Niver was by other people in Trigger. Yeah. Okay, that makes I, sense. I, I believe so. And uh, Luluko and the main male role Alpha Omega Nova actually cam cameo cameo in that other <laughs> I show. I love these names. <laughs> yeah, like it. Like you can watch this show in one hour, and the overall. Like plot because like it's it's in the show it's like three or four seasons, like and it's like three episodes each. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's just it's a gimmicky like that. Yeah, and like the overall plot is Luluko and Alpha Omega Nova's relationship because she's a middle she just started middle school. She's a young girl who wants to live a normal life, thrust into this weird situation. 
and she meets this boy and it's like it's her first crush sort of thing mm. and it, it is genuinely charming genuinely funny and I highly recommend it it does not take much time to watch it she's, sounds cute she's basically it's, Megatron right yeah oh yeah yeah oh well, yeah because they all um she becomes a member of the space patrol because her father uh, is frozen and over justice is like well, you, you know, space law, you got to replace them. And, <laughs> yes, and they become guns. It's called Justice Gun Morphing. Where mm. their, bo- their bodies transform into guns. And it is, it is some weird, like, if it wasn't so cartoony and cute, it would be body horror. Because of the way that their bodies have to, like, move. And fold and all that stuff. And fold yeah. and all that. Uh, and that is that situation. And... Um, minor spoiler, but I, in my opinion, the best episode of Luluco is when she goes to hell and she meets Inferno Cop. Well, he actually makes a cameo. I, I, Inferno Cop is actually in the show. Wow. <laughs> I see. Like, and Inferno Cop, this is the, like, this is like the stepchild of Inferno Cop. That's crazy. And it's 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 really good. Like, and Inferno Cop is actually uh, used to be a member of the Space Patrol, like yeah. in this canon. Yeah. Wow. Huh. So yeah, that's that. Watch, um, watch Luluco. It is adorable and beautiful. <laughs> nice. It's got it's got a really nice, charming, cartoony art style. Yeah. It seems like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very very, like poppy. Mm-hmm. Poppy. Bobby. That sounds cool. Yep. So, Yaz, do you want to talk about your next anime? Sure thing. The next sh- show that I watched uh, is Kotetsujo no Kavaneri, or Kavaneri in the Iron Fortress. Otherwise oh, yeah, that, known as the uh, Attack on Titan ripoff that turned out to be good. <laughs> Pretty much. Isn't, Pretty it by, isn't it by the same studio? Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. can you watch this? Um, it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, so you can't watch it. <laughs> uh, basically. But yeah, it's, uh, it's basically their go at making their own original anime. Well, quote unquote, original anime. Original, yeah. Basically, an anime not uh, adapted from a manga or, any, or a light novel or anything like that. Um, and yeah, it's very, very similar to uh, Attack on Titan. Um, so yeah, it is very similar to Attack on Titan, whereas like in Attack on Titan, they were all um, trapped, like sort of confined in one city. Uh, in Cabaneri, it's um, they're uh, confined to stations, train stations, and they basically do supply runs uh, between stations with these like um, basically these big trains that are you know heavily armored so that. Instead of so it fends off against these zombies, which you know, instead of titans, they have zombies. titans. They're secretly titans. <laughs> Human-sized titans. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think for me, the characters in this one are a lot more interesting. Uh, the main character, uh, Ikoma, uh, right off the bat, he's a lot more engaging, and he has more investment in what's happening in this world than. Uh, uh, Aaron did. 
Um, he's an actually he's actually an engineer, and basically a lot of what he spends his time on is trying to build weapons to actually defeat the zombies because they're not normal zombies where you just shoot them in the head and that's it. They actually have you actually have to shoot them in the heart, which is armored by this like I don't know, it's like a diamond like cage. It's like really impenetrable cage that's around their heart, and you have to destroy that in in order to kill these zombies. This, uh, you gotta break the hearts. Basically. <laughs> and they're called uh, Kabane. That's what the zombies are called. Um, so yeah, basically you follow his story where he's um, finding ways to defeat these enemies and he runs into other characters like this uh, girl named Mume, which is basically... Uh, what's her name? Mis- Misaki? Misaki? Who's the girl in uh, Attack on Titan? Um, oh, Misaka? Yeah. Misaka? Yeah, she's basically that type of character, but she has a twist with her. Like, instead of just being, like, a really, you know, talented uh, or, like, you know, skilled fighter, she's actually, like, half zombie? Half Kabane? I was about to ask huh. you, yeah. do, they, uh, do they have half zombies? Yes. Uh, and it's basically... Because, like... In, um, the Kabane are, it's not, it's not like, well, it's a virus basically. And if you become full Kabane, then you, you sort of brainless and you're just, you know, a zombie. Um, if you find a way to stop the, um, this, the virus from, you know, consuming your whole body, you become a Kabane. And it's basically, uh, you have, you basically, you're a lot stronger, but you also have to feed on blood. You're kind of a vampire. Um, mm. It's really weird, but um, she's a lot more interesting of a character. Where she's—I mean, she's not just you know the silent killer type. She's mm-hmm. actually a little bit unsettling in the way she like interacts with people. She's very straightforward, and you know, killing is just like second nature to her. So she doesn't value other people's life as much, um, at least initially. Um, but yeah, I think like this, the, at least in the, the first half of the story is very interesting because it's just, it's, it's very, uh, it's a very tense situation because they, you feel like they're struggling to survive from station to station mm-hmm. and they're constantly being bombarded by these cabinet like over and over again. If they're trying to get like this supplier, this supplier get, or, you know, and get in contact with these people or, you know, or whatever. So um, it, it feels more tense than Zach and Titan. In the first half, it does. Uh, my only problem with the show is that uh, toward the second half, they introduce a new character and a new faction, and it it kind of changes the tone of the show a bit. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily bad, um, but it wasn't where I thought it was going to go, and some of the tension kind of goes away because they, they just, the focus goes away from just surviving and is also like uh, battling this uh, new faction. And they, they I think... I was, I was talking to George about this, and it kind of feels like, because from what I've heard, it's a big hit, and it feels like they sort of rushed a few plot points in a, a, towards the end, so you okay. lose a little bit of that tension that they built up in the beginning. Um, I see. Yeah, it's it's still a good show. I still liked it, and there's still a bit of a payoff at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of wonder if it would have benefited from being a 26 episode season instead of a uh, 13 episode season. Mm. 
a is it hmm? is it a like will it get a season two or is it a one and done kind of anime actually I'm not sure that's fair I don't know I'm not, I'm not sure yet I could look it up it but does change things it hasn't really I don't think it's been confirmed yet uh-huh. I know it's gonna be a little, it'll probably be a while before season two because Attack on Titan season two just got announced. Yeah, so. yeah, oh, yeah like it. and it's the same studio, so yeah, it'll probably be a long while. Um, yep. I will say that this the show is like beautiful. Like, I mean, if you like the the animation in Attack on Titan, I think you'll love the animation in this. Um, I actually kind of like the animation this one a little bit better. Uh, it's a lot more fluid and. Whereas, like, Attack on Titan focused a lot on, like, the, you know, what was it, or- Orbital... Orbital Gear? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole, so, which was really cool to see. This one's a lot more, like, on-the-ground action. And, <laughs> I, I don't know, it, it, fe- it felt more, a little more realistic to me. Yeah. I saw this one gif of uh, a, a girl, like, pulling back one of those strings that you, like, use to crank an engine open. Ah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, like, the muscles on her back were bulging. It was, like, one of the most satisfying things to see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I watched that gif over and over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the, um, her name is uh, Yukina. Uh, yeah, Yukina. And she's basically mm-hmm. an engineer, and she basically, she basically runs the train that they're on. Like, she operates the train. Mm. And basically, when she does that thing where she, like, basically, like, hulks out and like she's like basically putting it into like overdrive or something like that so she has to mm-hmm. like pull on these gears like really hard and like all her muscles get like defined and everything she's like really like it's basically hulking out it's really cool <laughs> awesome yeah but, so what's up so so is it do they live on the train yes is it so it's like snow piercer kind of in that yeah. in that aspect mm-hmm. all right cool just that it's not really like a class system like in Snowpiercer? No, no, it's just yeah. the, the, the point I was going, living on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, neat. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good show. It, it I thought it was going to be my favorite show, but uh, it didn't turn out that way, but I'd still say it's worth the watch because it's still like a fun ride for me. Awesome. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick aside, if you don't mind. Like, I'm, I'm happy we're getting all of the, these different shows coming to the West now because back in the day, you're lucky if you get a, a VHS of half an episode of Evangelion. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, it's it's a bit of a pain in the ass that we have, like, four different avenues for anime. And, like, on, like if you're on a limited budget, you can't really go all four. Like, well, it's... I, fe- I feel that the... Two best ones that I've encountered oh, crunchy are crunchy I was actually going to say uh, Crunchyroll and Hulu. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and especially um, you know with people using other people's logins and things like that, which you know is you can only do up to a certain amount or something, but it it. I know for me, I have access to so, so many things like Netflix, Crunchyroll, Amazon Prime, uh, video, whatever, uh, Hulu Prime. And it, I think, I don't know, it, even if you just pick two, that's like, what, $15 a month? 
Yeah. That's that's not bad. Like <laughs> it's not bad, but like if I, I I'm a college student with zero income, so yeah, fifteen is a lot. And that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think in that case, Crunchyroll's pretty much always going to be your best bet. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I have access to Crunchy and Funimation. Yeah. Yeah. And I like uh, one of the reasons I didn't watch One Punch Man is because it was on Hulu, and even like up to, like I think recently they changed it, but up to a point, like if even if you had a paid account, you still have to watch ads. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like, it was yeah. like I remember like I watched the, like the first episode of One Punch Man. It was five ads for like a twenty-minute show. And, like, oh no, that's just egregious. Wasn't it also on Daisuke? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, they I, I, also I, have ads. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, for for me, like if like for f- being able to watch for free, I, I can kind of deal with it. But five is a lot, is a lot. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like f- I think yeah, between Crunchy, Hulu, uh, mm-hmm. Funimation, which I guess basically most of the stuff on Hulu is from Funimation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you can pretty much get most of the yeah. current shows and a lot of older shows. Like, you can watch, like, I think Yu Yu Hakusho is on there now. Like, the Funimation is fantastic for older shows. Yeah. It is, uh, like, the other, like, last month, I was finally able to, to see the second series of Darker Than Black. Because mm-hmm. back in the day, I just, like, watched the first series, like, illegally uploaded to YouTube. <laughs> which and it wasn't even the best quality and I like, I love Darker Than Black but you know the, the Funimation's good for the older shows certainly yeah their broadcast um, dubs are also pretty good yeah say like yeah. I don't it's definitely at times I can feel a little overwhelmed like seeing how many options we have but I do remember being an anime fan in the late to early 90s, mid-90s rather, and like having to go to flea markets and buying um, bootleg tapes of Dragon Ball Z that were like 20 bucks for two episodes and like with horrible, horrible English subtitles. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really mind our current predicament. Yeah, it's like, yeah. If, yeah, if you have like perspective on it, it's like, yeah. you, you, I mean, you have a few ads, but I mean... It's kind of hard to complain when you have this many anime shows being simulcast with subtitles, you know? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I remember, uh, and this is going to be such an old person thing to say at some point in time. I remember back in my day going all the way to Blockbuster to get random VHS of Sailor Moon in the English dub. Like, I'm not even, like, I remember, like, being a little kid and going, Mom, I want to get the Sailor Moon show. And she's like, why do you want to watch this crap? And I'm like, because it's amazing. Don't you dare. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was pretty, that was my first official introduction to anime was just watching, like, OG Sailor Moon yeah. in English. I, I am the youngest Tokenet member at 22, and I Barely, I, I barely experienced this era, but yeah, <laughs> blockbuster era. I I've never I've never seen a blockbuster VHS okay. era maybe or just like hard to come by like, anime era. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both. Wow, you've never seen blockbuster. 
I, yeah. No, because well, I grew up in England. Well, oh, like, yeah. Um, I don't exactly. think we had them there. Yeah, they no. I saw them one, like, a few years ago. In England? <laughs> yeah, I saw it in England. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, obviously, it's just, it's a video rental store. Like, you go there to get, uh, to try to basically uh, get your fix for movies or TV shows that you didn't have access to if you, like, didn't have cable and whatnot. And, uh, so you were pretty much at, uh, you, you were limited to whatever they had. Yeah. And so, like, I remember trying to watch Sailor Moon, but none of it was in order. And I didn't, like, I didn't even know that it was, I was at such a young age. I didn't even know that there, there was an order to these things. I was just like, this one, I haven't seen this one yet. Do that. I want to <laughs> see that one. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Man, Blockbuster. <laughs> I haven't thought. I still have a DVD, like disc four of one of the seasons of Bones that never got returned. <laughs> have you have you seen that Twitter account, The Last Blockbuster? No. It is, it is hilarious. Oh my god. I'm gonna uh... have to check that out. Yeah, uh, back back to back to modern day anime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kitty, do you have a do you have another show to talk about? Nope. <laughs> cool. I I splurged everything all at once in the beginning because cool. I just I don't know unless you guys want to go back and go over Flying Witch, but I just <laughs> I don't think there's really anything to say about it. Like, yeah. do the witches fly? Yes. All right. So... They fly on brooms. So is she actually um, a witch? Is she not like a mage or something? Well, it, they they're called witches. Um, <laughs> like this wasn't you know, a serious question. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you just asked someone who plays Dungeons and Dragons: Is she a witch or is she a mage? There's a class difference, technically. <laughs> like oh, you, I can open the Pandora's box. <laughs> you woke. You've awoken the beast. Um. Yeah, I don't know, but they, I do know that one thing that's very interesting is they, uh, like, yes, they ride, uh, brooms, but it's through levitation, so, like, the, like, the person is actually, uh, like, levitating themselves and the broom, not just the broom having magic and doing its own thing, so. So they don't even need a broom. Well, they do, it's like, uh, it's the material component required for the spell where they describe it as like the you use the broom to sweep away gravity or something like that, that is, i don't know is that kind of like thor's hammer That's where like he's not flying but he's just holding on to the hammer yeah and he flies oh. yeah well because you can as they as this is a funny moment in the show you can um just levitate the broom and sit on it but then uh, that hurts. Like, <laughs> basically, you don't want to do it for very long because you're just like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. And then uh, they like explain it's like you're doing it wrong because you're basically just levitating the broom. You're supposed to levitate the broom and yourself, and that's that's why witches fly that way. So, like, just random little stuff. Uh, they have like mandrakes that they use, and like I don't know, 
random random shit. Kitty, kitty. Yeah. You should watch Maji Ranger. You'd probably Maji, really like Mama Majiro. Maji Ranger. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like one of their little sidekicks is a mandrake. Oh um, my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maji Ranger is really good. Uh, George. What's up? What's the next uh, anime? Yes, sir. So, um, I guess the other anime that I wanted to talk about was My Hero Academia. Lost and- Ultra. it was basically hyped up as the show of the season it comes from a super 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 popular manga and so people were really hyped and really excited for the show and it hit and it was probably the most successful show of the season it wasn't my favorite it took like three episodes for me to really really get into it but uh after that it got pretty good the um the basic gist of it is that there is this world where it's pretty common to have superpowers, but not everybody is born with a superpower. And mm. our main character, his name is Izuku Midoriya, and he idolizes superheroes. And one in particular is named um, All Might, who is like this exaggerated caricature of American qualities. And he is America. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so Izuku, as a little, a cute little kid, would just watch all of, all of his exploits on the news. He had action figures and stuff. And then one day he goes to the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, I think you're normal. You're not going to have superpowers. And he gets so depressed over that. It's like... Dude, that was kind of heartbreaking, dude. Yeah, it, it was terrible. You see this, like... Cute little kid crying, just sad that the one thing he wants more than anything else in his life is not going to happen. And he's not blinking. Yeah, yeah, the mother confirms it as well when he's crying later. It's like, yeah. okay, you don't need to be a hero. Like, now is not the time for that. So, yeah, like, he basically, despite that setback, goes through life wanting to be the really helpful kid, the guy who like believes in justice above all else, who, you know, he'll put his, his personal safety aside to protect other people. So one day he has an encounter with All Might, and All Might is typically the super buff, like roided up superhero. And while he's talking with him, he suddenly explodes and he shrinks into like this really rail thin guy who looks sickly. And as it turns out, All Might wasn't always a superhero. His ability came from somebody else. And basically his ability is the more people you pass it on to, the stronger it gets. So, you know, plot crap happens and eventually Izuku gets it. And you go through this really interesting story that is basically, even though he has a superpower, his body is still the body of a normal person. So he can't exactly handle, like, throwing this super fast super punch to fight a bad guy. Um, mm, there's an instance like, where that happens, and it breaks his arm. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, yeah, Izuku Midoriya breaks his arms and legs constantly after getting, um, uh, oh, God, was is it all for one or one for, one for all? One for all. It's the name of the power. Yeah. Man. So, and, yeah, he get, I think he gets killed by, basically, Recovery uh, Girl. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, uh, Pokemon best nurse. name ever. Yeah, there's so many super, so many heroes in this show, and 
it's so fun just to like look at the background characters and try to figure out what their powers mm. are or see them come to the forefront for a few minutes. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Your uh, opinion on Frog Girl? She is my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, She's like great. I, I I'm a really big fan of My Hero Academia. Uh, like the first four episodes made me cry. Like after, they'll do that, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. like that, like up until he gets into the school, I like cried, like every episode. Oh man. Because uh, I'm a weak man. Yeah, I got a weak Like Izuka Midoriya is like the most relatable shonen character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it and like this is definitely a shonen anime because even All Might calls him shonen. Shonen touch. So yeah, I think that's one of the most like interesting aspects of the show that you have this really really nice kid and if those first few episodes basically go to go out of their way to tell you this is a really nice upstanding citizen by the way his dreams are never going to come true oh, and that is very difficult to watch and i think that might have been why i wasn't super interested in the show at first because it felt mm-hmm. like they were laying that on just a little bit too heavy but after a while, you know, he goes through all of all of this training and enters what is essentially a superhero high school. And, you know, he's got his little shonen rival who's his hothead, who I think might become a villain later on. Basically, the uh, rival... I, uh, I, I, do, you, do you want me to confirm that or not? Because I've read My Hero Academia. Please don't. <laughs> okay. So, basically, the rival and Midoriya were friends as kids and then once the rival's powers came in and Midoriya's didn't he was like well I'm better than you so I'm gonna go off and be a jerk and it's really Aww. sad because he was like this adorable little kid yeah and even when he's a jerk he still wants to help him no yeah. matter what and but this kid just gets more and more pissed off I mean, uh, his name is uh, Katsuki Bakugo or um, Midoriya calls him Kachan and Kachan calls Midoriya Deku as like mm. a nickname. And mm. uh, the more that uh, Midoriya uh, helps Bakugo, the more he gets pissed off. He's like, I don't need your help. I'm better than you. I'll always be better than you. I don't need you to embarrass me like this. Stuff like that. Gotcha. And then they get this rivalry going on in the high school. And their high school is... I mean, their rivalry is... So freaking hot blooded! It's insane, and it's really one sided. It really is. Like Bakugo is just like, oh fuck you! I have the shiny Charles off Pokemon count. <laughs> I don't think so. That's the thing. Like, even though he has like, uh, he has more like you know, literally flashy power. Um. <laughs> What I love about Bakugo is that not Bakugo, um, Midoriya is that because he was such a fan of superheroes, he studied the crap out of every superhero, every superpower, and like, he he learned like without knowing he learned tactics, he learned how to strategize, he learned how to find ways to complete an objective or defeat an enemy. So he uses that to the, to his advantage, and when he pulls stuff off like that. It just makes you want to just like cheer for him. Just like, yes, beat the crap out of Bakugo. Yes, <laughs> I love that aspect. Yeah, 
like that fight where when they first fight, it's probably the best. Like, probably one of my favorite uh, moments in the show. The one in the uh, uh, training exercise. Yeah. In in the building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and the conclusion of that fight is just awesome. Oh God! Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, he's he's such a smart hero, and I love that about him. Yeah, that's one of my favorite aspects of the show is that it's not necessarily just people like beam spamming. You actually see them thinking, okay, so I have X power and person has Y power, so how is that power going to affect my ability to use my power or the like the situation around us or like the setting? And it's really cool to actually see that fight come together. Because oh, like, a lot... Sorry, guys, you want to... I was going to... Uh, maybe we're going to say the same thing, but I was going to say that a lot of the people's powers have setbacks. Yes, yes. Yeah. A lot of these powers are weird. Yeah. Like, like even Bakugo, his power isn't he can cause explosions. It's his power is he sweats nitroglycerin. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and, like, a frog girl is, like, literally, she she is a frog, a frog. mutant. And there's this one little kid whose name I can't remember, but he's the class pervert. Yeah. Yeah, and his power is he can take his hair off, and his hair it becomes sticky balls. Yeah, that it's totally useless. It's totally useless. He finds like the best use for it. He's like, he's like, yeah, oh yeah, Minita. He's like, oh yeah, I can take these off. What if I take too many off, my head starts to bleed. (laughs) Like, oh, all right. He says like it gets it. It's only as sticky as. He feels good, I guess. Like so, if he feel, yeah. if he's feeling good, it'll stick for a day, and but if he's having a crappy day, it won't stick at all. Like, and like he says, like doesn't he say that? Oh, frog girl, your boobs are so big that like these sticky balls are gonna last for twenty four. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. But um, this the way that they use like they like you see them learn each other's powers and. When they have a common enemy, they learn how to work together and use the strengths and weaknesses of people mm-hmm. in order to get out of situations. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. I think the one of the weirder powers is um, the girl with the headphone jacks for ears. That took me a while to figure out what the heck she like her power was. That like her boots were made by the school, but to like have speakers so she can project sound. It's like it's a really weird roundabout way of having a uh, black canary's power, but also she can plug her ears into walls and stuff and hear conversations elsewhere. Actually, her power is that she can project her heartbeat. That's a heartbeat. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. <laughs> Checked out. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a fantastic show. It's um. The only thing I'm worried about is they've already announced a second season for next year. But literally, like at the end of the last episode, it's like, oh yeah, come yeah. back for season two. Yeah, but the manga just started in 2014. There's only nine volumes out. Um, season one, I heard, only covers up to about halfway of that. So after season two, we're going to be in for a really long wait. Yeah, yeah. like and they I, that. There is enough material for a second season, but then we're going to go full Attack on Titan mode. And I cannot handle that. I need more of this show. It's such a fantastic show to watch. They left it on a good note, too. They, yeah, they did. Like, yeah. it 
basically the second half of the show is this one continuous arc where each episode picks up right after the other, and I think that increases like the bingeability of the show. And I hate yeah. them for that because I finished that that run of episodes in one day. I finished that today. <laughs> like I watched five episodes today. Wow, it's such a good show. Yeah, it's really good. Like it's proper good. Uh, like that whole training facility arc with the villains. Like holy shit. Like what I loved about like another aspect that I love about it is that. Their costumes are stuff that they created themselves. Like they, in order to get into the high school, they had to draw up what they wanted their costumes to be. And I love the designs of most of the costumes. They look so cool. Like the worst costume is um, uh, Midoriya's, and like it's intentionally bad because like oh I I really want to be all mine. Mine. So basically, um. All Might has this perpetually grinning face, and you can just see, like, these two rows of super bright white teeth. So his mm-hmm. mom, Midoriya's mom, makes him this costume where the helmet has that exact same giant grin with teeth filled in. And it's really weird. It kind of looks like a rabbit, but uh, he gets rid of that helmet, thankfully. Nice. I think it gets rid- gets taken by broken yeah. arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there comes a point where his uniform gets ripped up, so he is essentially just using the gym uniform. Yeah. Nice. Hey, sorry, guys. I have to come in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good show. It really it's a, is. It is a proper good show. That's awesome. It sounds really fun and really heart-wrenchy. It's like most of the heart-wrenchy stuff is in the beginning. After like, that, like, it's just... like that, like knowing the story, there is heart wrenching stuff later. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, when it gets when he's in the high school, it's it's mostly comedy until the villains are introduced. It's like gotcha, not heart pumping, but it's like you know things are just like like pumping your fist in the air the whole time, just like yes. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of fists, can we talk about like the main villain of the? Of, the, oh, of that yeah. arc. He is so weird. Like, his power is fucked. Like, it, it's disintegration. And it's... Oh, wow. And, like, looking at what he did to, um... To Eraserhead's, uh... Shoulder... Uh, elbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, I could feel that. Ugh. So, yeah, there's this one teacher, and, um... So basically, the second arc is the kids going on a training exercise with a few teachers, and then they mm-hmm. get trapped in there with the League of Villains because they think All Might, who is the greatest hero ever, is going to be there, and they want to kill him, but he's not there. So it's the kids against like these super, super, super villains, and they have one or two teachers to defend them. So one of the teachers gets his shoulder... this like The skin rips off, and then you see all of the muscle underneath of it. And it's really gross, and he spends the rest of the series like that. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's and the villain looks creepy because he has, uh, he's got hands all over him, <laughs> like literally, like that's his costume. Is there are hands like all over? Um, yeah, it's got like it's got one on his face, grip like you know that like anime trope where a villain will put his hand over his face. Yeah, like, like he's got that going on all of the time. Gotcha. 
and like yeah um what i was expecting because uh, of his costume design i was thinking that maybe like when he starts to get into the real fight like the hands would fall off because mm-hmm. the way it's like positioned um it looks like the hands are sort of holding him back mm-hmm. like and so i thought like oh when he like you know unleashes like his true power the hands will probably fall off or let go but gotcha. it didn't really happen but it would have been cool if it did mm-hmm. like i thought it was like i thought like his power would be to um manipulate hands just just cause of that costume uh. like i thought he'd be able to control those but it's like nah disintegration <laughs> Moving on to my default favorite of the season. It's um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4. Diamond is unbreakable. Diamond is not Crash. A beautiful Diwang. Um, I can't tell which is the real title. It's it's Diamond is unbreakable. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, David Production is so great. Like They, they are put so much effort into part four. Uh, and um, where we are as of this recording, we are uh, at the introduction of Rohan, who is the mangaka, self-insert. I, and we finished the first, like, proper arc of Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, and the plot is, it's, um, it's about, I think it's the where it focuses on Joseph Joestar's uh, okay. bastard child, uh, Josuke Higashikata, um, who is a uh, the like definition of a Yankee boy, but like of that archetype. He developed the stand back when Dio Brando pierced himself with the arrow, because all members of the Joestar bloodline develop stands because of that. His uh, and the plot is the bow and arrow, which is what um, Dio used to give himself a stand in part three, uh, has come to Morio, which is the setting of part four. And random people grab it, and random people get stands because of it. Uh, part four's pacing is completely different to part three, because part three is. Oh, let's go to Egypt and kill the ultimate evil. Whereas part four is everyone's just dicking around in their hometown. Yeah, and like, there, there are people who are just running businesses with their stands. There are people who don't, like, care about the plot of stands. Uh, and that's some of the most interesting ones. Like, um, Crazy Diamond, or Shining Diamond, if you read the Crunchyroll subtitles. That's copyright. Uh, it's a it's a healing stand, and he uses it in really unique ways. Like if if it's a broken object or if a person is injured, then it it can be healed, depending on Josuke's mood. Like in the, the opening episode, he breaks a bully's nose, but because he's in a rotten mood, the nose heals back wrong, so now he looks mm-hmm. ugly. Uh, in order to stop one stand user who is a water-based stand user like Josuke drinks the stand and he had eaten and shredded up a rubber glove and had stored it in his throat 
So when the when the stand went down to like kill him from the inside, he just healed the rubber glove, and like brought the stand back up. Hmm. What? Yeah, yeah, like it, part four like is cool with those kind of things. Like Okiyasu, who is the Joe Bro of the season, like the secondary um, part, the protagonist. His stand is called the Hand. And it, it, its power is its right hand can delete anything from existence. Huh. Like it is, it is in theory one of the most OP stands, but Okiyasu is an idiot. Like he will say, "I don't understand this. I'm stupid. Explain it to me." <laughs> so he doesn't really know how to use his stand efficiently. Yeah. And like one of the things he uses his stand for is he will delete the space in between things and use it to move like toward you quickly. So this is a way of teleporting? Yeah, it's like this is a way of teleporting. Mm. But like when he does it he fucks himself up. Is this worth getting into? It because... is it is it, JoJo is really worth getting into. Because like I don't know. I've I watched the first half of season one, and I absolutely loved it. Like, yeah. it was amazing. And then I got to season uh, second part with uh, uh, with Joseph. Joseph. First few episodes were okay, but then it just I just couldn't get into it. it, it dragged, yeah, it got, like, it got boring. Got to the it point can. where like the last five episodes, I just read the Wikipedia of it, and then I started season two, uh, which is uh, Stardust. Stardust, yeah, and. It was better, but I don't know. I think for me, my problem with it is the stands, the whole stand concept. Like, like it was, I like guess more. It was more interesting to me when it was the actual characters harnessing the ripple power or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when it's just like them basically sending off their Digimon or whatever to fight, like that. Right. I don't. I don't like that. Doesn't really interest me because it's just I, them. I, Standing there talking to the other stand user while the two stands fight, and it doesn't just doesn't feel like they're in the battle. So I don't. I it's I totally certainly get, no Pokemon. It's certainly no Pokemon. <laughs> um, I totally get where you're coming from with that. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not not all stand fights uh, are like that. Okay. Like like er, early on, like certainly you've Star Platinum. Because Star Platinum is a punchy stand, and uh, it can be hard to get into. Is that Jotaro? Uh, yeah, Jotaro stand is Star Platinum. Hmm. Part part three, um, hmm. I, I, w- I would definitely still watch it because part three is what introduced you to stands, and there are stands where shit goes down physically. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's one stand where it is microscopic. And it in, invades one of the Crusaders' brains. Mm. And then, like, the plot is they need to get that stand out of his brain before it kills him. Uh-huh. Jeez. Uh, and there are stands that take... There are some stands which are spiritual, like Star Platinum or Silver Chariot. But there are also stands that possess physical objects. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Anubis is a sword. is a physical sword. Or... Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of examples. Like, early, like it's very, it's for a very small time where 
stand fights are like that. And stand users, like especially in part four, uh, definitely get more physically involved. Okay, because like, yeah, for me it was like they always talked about, oh, I trained with my stand or I trained my stand, but you don't really see it. They just tell you that they trained with them. So yeah. then when they fight, they're just standing there while the stand mm-hmm. does all the work. And yeah. I don't know, for some reason, it just it's the disconnect that kind of throws, throws, like, turns me off to it. So I, 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 I get that. Yeah. But def- definitely keep keep at it. Because, mm. like, the car- it's the characters are really great. Like, the entire team of the Crusaders, uh, they have great relationships. And they have funny moments. They have sad moments. They have really awesome moments. But Jotaro is such a douchebag, though. Jotaro is a douchebag. Yeah. But jo- Joe throws a douchebag of a heart of gold. Man, I didn't course, see that. I watched like seven or eight episodes yeah, of that show. Uh, yeah, uh, toward like the la- like toward the latter half, and especially in part four, because Joe throws in part four. Oh. Like Joe throw grows up. I guess because like I didn't like uh, Joseph, but then when he grows up and he's in season uh, the second season, I liked yeah, him more. Three. I liked him more when he was growing up than in his yeah. own season. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'll heavily disagree with you there because I love uh, Battle Tendency. But I, I, I can get where you're coming from. And mm. also, JoJo is not for everyone. No, this thing I lo- like, you know, like, I was, like, so on board with season one. Like, I mean, the first half with Jonathan. Like, I love yeah. that arc so much. Um, yeah, part, part, part one, um, Phantom Blood, is the most typical shonen. Maybe that's um, why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But then Jojo will become its own thing. Yeah. Like you're you're you've got like thirty episodes left in Stardust. Uh, I I think from what you said. <laughs> yeah. Keep watching. Um, like like 40. there was. Oh. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it, it was forty-eight episodes, right? Really. Yeah. Dang. Uh, and part four is going to be thirty-nine. Um. So I guess question then. Um. Yeah. Oh, for Yas, rather. Uh, uh, you didn't... So you didn't really enjoy the fights. So was there nothing else in the show that hooked you enough to keep watching as far as the story goes? In uh, Stardust. Stardust? Yeah. I don't know, the, the whole, like, the like them traveling to Egypt and stuff, like, it felt like it was, like, dragging in. It was, like, hard to watch for me, Okay, I guess. yeah. That, and... that, that is, like, m- even fans of Part 3 will say, getting to Cairo is a pain in the ass. And, um... Some of the characters, like, there's some characters that are like, oh, they're pretty interesting, like, the ones that he runs into, but a lot of them are just kind of throwaway characters. My favorite episode was the one where Joseph gets possessed by this thing. I forget what it was, but it was, like, this ooze thing that he had to, like, it was in his arm or something like that. Oh, the Empress. Yeah. Like, that was one of my favorite episodes. It was kind of a standalone episode, but it was really, it was really a fun episode. And then you get back to Jotaro, and it's just like, oh, God. And um, I like that they were bringing back Dio from season one, mm-hmm. but it just felt like it was taking forever for him to get involved in anything that was happening. So yeah, I don't know. It was just I guess the journey of them going to to going to Egypt, and like after a while, like maybe it's because the way I watched it, I just lost interest. Then I tried to get back into it, but then I sort of lost the plot thread. And it wasn't enough for me were to you, come back. Were for you it. watching it weekly or were you marathoning it? I was watching it weekly at first. Um, marathoning it is probably a bit better. 
Because um, <laughs> at least to getting to Cairo. Getting to Cairo is like the worst part of part, of part three. Uh-huh. Once you're in Cairo, like things are better, stands are better. Like okay. you, you haven't seen the Oingo Boingo arc, <laughs> <laughs> and the Oingo Boingo arc is like objectively one of the most hilarious arcs of JoJo. Huh. I guess it's, it's a single standalone episode, but then um, Boingo comes back later mm-hmm. uh, with Whole Horse. Like, what do you think of Whole Horse? What the heck is that? Oh, the guy with the gun. I don't think I got there. Oh, well, if you got to the Ooze episode, you did. Because he uses the Emperor. The Silver uh, Guy, right? No, that's, that's Silver that's Chariot. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like the hanged man, the mirror stand, who was partnered up with the mirror stand. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's been a uh, while since I've seen Jojo. But yeah, that, I, I would say restart part three, marathon, mm-hmm. and then you can take take at your own pace mm-hmm. after you get to Cairo. So if, for whatever reason, that doesn't work out with him, do you think... Jumping straight to part four would be difficult. Is it? I yeah, like jumping to different parts is it's definitely not recommended because they are really, really interconnected. Nah. Like it, you can't go to part five and say, "Oh, this this Jorno kid, his dad was some guy named Dio." All right, what? Hmm. Or like. The only part you can directly jump to is part seven, still and even right. that, still, still ball run. Yeah. Now, still ball run mm-hmm. and um, Jojo Lion are in a different universe, but they reference so much of parts one through six that it's not great going to that. And if your biggest issue is uh, stand users not getting directly into stands fights, yeah, then you'll love part seven. Because in part seven, stands change fundamentally. Like instead of being the main combatant part, mm. they uh, they assist in fights. Oh, cool! Like Tusk, which is Johnny Joestar's stand. Uh, it for the longest time it's a piece of shit. Like it, like its its stand power is it shoots his fingernails. <laughs> like it will make Johnny shoot his fingernails. Yeah, That's and. Weird. And Gyro doesn't even have a stand most of the time. Hmm. Well, yeah. I'll give um, it a shot. I'll, yeah, I'll give, give it another go. Yeah, give it another go. And, like, maybe if you're definitely not feeling it, just skip to the, like, vanilla ice fight. <laughs> That's the thing that I love about this show. Just, like, names. Uh, the names, yeah. Oh, the names. There's, uh, oh, God, yeah. There's Oing- Oingo Boingo are a set of brothers. There's, um... Vanilla Ice, Dio, um, Steely Dan, uh, Darby. Did did you get to the Darby the Gambler episode? I don't think uh, you did. No. It is it is great. Darby the Gambler and Darby the Gamer are both like th- those are two really good episodes. Uh, I'll check it out. All right, yeah, Gambler. and that is that is JoJo. JoJo is love. JoJo is life. It's my favorite thing. And I, I apparently have an inability to convince anyone 
to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, my fiance couldn't convince me to watch it, so... I was able to convince my fiance, the only person. There you go. There you go. That's the only one that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you saying I don't matter? Well, you matter to me deep down, yes. Oh, thank you. Deep, deep down. Deep, deep down. <laughs> so deep. Like, you have to get through several layers of meditation. Okay, I'm just gonna continue with this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I guess it's just one more show, I guess. Yep. Uh, for me, uh, it's Mayoiga, which is translated as The Lost Village. This one is uh, the basic story is that um, a group of random people um, find this ad that says there's a tour of this uh, it's an island or no, it's, it's an, no, it's a village called Nanaki Village. And basically, if you want to restart your life, we'll take you there and you can just, you know, just leave your life behind, start anew there. Um, so a bunch of these random people with a whole bunch of like quirks and different like situations and whatnot, they go on this bus to travel to this village just to start a new life. And weird stuff starts to happen. Like people start disappearing they start seeing like weird monsters. No one can figure out what's going on. Um, it's barely any records of this village itself, aside from this ad or whatever. And you basically get to know this group of uh, it's like thirty people or something like that, right? Yeah, it was uh, it was thirty. Thirty people, and you very quickly get to know these characters and what they're about. Um, and basically what their problem is, because they're all kind of screwed up in the head in one way or another. Right. Um, and basically it's kind of like, it's almost like a whodunit kind of thing where they're trying to figure out why these people are disappearing, what this monster is, in, or whatever this creature is in the village. And um, it's, it's a really, like, it's a really compelling story because just basically it's a character, very character-driven Um very situational as well. Um, it's also very weird. Mm. It's a very strange story. I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly. George, okay. you want to jump in? Because <laughs> it's really hard to explain. Somebody so, help. <laughs> so basically, it's the, the village they're going to, it's you go there if something really terrible in your life has happened and you're trying to escape that. So a lot of the characters have gone through this moment of crisis or just this, I guess, like structural moment in their life that they don't want to live with. So they get on this tour bus and they book it to that village. So, for instance, one of the characters is this guy who worked at a toy factory and he had this really big toy show coming up and he created this brand new train set that he wanted to sell and his bosses were like iffy on it he's like no 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 i'll get you i'll get you like however many thousand copies printed by the by the time the toy show gets here and they're like okay we trust you go ahead and the toy show gets there and it turns out he misread his email and the like the printed copies of the train were not going to arrive until the week after so he gets made fun of and he, he's forced to sell those trains door to door instead of from the executive position that he's been eyeing. 
So he leaves his life behind because he just doesn't want to deal with that embarrassment. So essentially every character has something going on in their life that they're too afraid of to actually face and they would rather run away from. And my understanding was when they get to that village, it personifies these fears as monsters, essentially. And you can either confront them and be like, okay, these fears are a part of who I am, but I you know, I can overcome them. I don't have to ignore them or act like they're not there. And that'll let you go. You're free. Or you can just be like, I don't want to deal with any of this. And you are pretty much stuck in the village forever. Yeah, it's... it's wow. And uh, because it's based off of everyone's different, like, uh, like psychological scar, um, at the beginning, they, no one, like, no one would believe each other on it because everybody saw a different uh, monster or mm-hmm. fabrication. So, like, one person would see, like, a huge penguin. Another person would see, like, an old, a giant old lady. Um, another or- person would see a little girl. Someone like, saw the main character's face on a giant monster's body. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it was it's it's one of those things where they're 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 like it takes a while for them to figure out what's going on. I'm still trying to think of what I feel about the ending of it. I liked it, but it was also like a very it's a very different ending than I'm used to, kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like not everything's resolved. Yeah. But it's okay that not everything was resolved. You can kind of map where these characters are going to go, and you can kind of imagine what, what there's like how they're going to deal with their own plight or whatever. Should we spoil um, that one little aspect of how it's not entirely resolved? No. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it's not entirely resolved. So, yeah. but it works because it's sort of telling you not everybody is the same, so p- people are going to take longer to arrive at whatever emotional strength that they need to keep going on in life. And the main characters just happen to do it a lot sooner, and it's still... It's interesting to watch how you see people who seem to be strong are actually pretty scared in, like on the inside. So, for instance, the main character, he is very timid, but he comes into his own as the series goes on. But at the start of the show, his best friend, who's also going with him, is essentially telling him how to live his life. And he's always like, you should listen to me, or you should do what I'm going to tell you. Don't think for yourself. And this is basically because when he was a kid, if I'm remembering it right, his parents locked him in the attic with a room, with a picture of his dead grandmother, and that traumatized him so much that his version of the monster is his grandmother's corpse. And he he remembers being so scared that he wants to pretend he's strong enough that he can tell another person how to live their life. I thought wow. it was because his mother was very controlling. Something like that I don't entirely remember. I think like his mother was very controlling, and whenever he didn't do what she wanted to do, she was sent to the the attic. To the attic, so he always felt empty and like, and if like insignificant. And it wasn't until he met the main character where he's like, "Oh, I feel complete when I'm controlling someone like my mother controlled me." I think. Yeah, that, yeah, that was Something it. Like and that, it's, yeah, it's so creepy. 
<laughs> yeah, this, yeah, these characters are really messed up. And not just the characters themselves. From a visual standpoint, the show tries to play a little bit into horror. So one one specific point that still like freaks me out is there's this bit where the characters are walking around in a forest and all of a sudden this eye they see an eye in the bushes and it's not an animated eye it is a real eye that's like looking at you kind of like a like Sadoko style from the grudge and it's really really creepy it's oh, yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. one of the very few jump scares i've ever had in anime that sounds horrifying I know I don't deal with horror genre stuff like at all. Me neither. But it it that was the only part where it's like if you don't see it coming, it kind of like surprises you. But after that, it's more of a it's it is a bit atmospheric, but you're definitely more focused on the characters than like the horror aspect. I think. Yeah, the horror aspect definitely tones down, and it's basically more about following the characters through their journey. I guess. Gotcha. And I think some of the horror is also in learning what the characters went through, because some of them have very kind of fluffy sort of reasons for being there, like the guy who just didn't want to face his embarrassment. But on the other hand, you have this girl who is escaping her life where her mother was basically raped by a monk who would provide money for them as she was a child. And like, it's interesting to see how people deal with different levels of trauma. Mm-hmm. Man, this is that's oh, that's sad. Yeah, it's it is. Fair. Yeah, there's there's a couple of storylines where it's just like, holy crap. Yeah, it's like like this like just this concept reminds me. It's not it's not one to one, but it reminds me of Death Parade. It's not exactly the same, but it, the the core concept is people deal with their raw emotional shit. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I, I watched the first episode of Death Parade, had to fast forward through a majority of it because it was just so objectively sad. Yeah. And I couldn't watch it. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, I think they do have a balance of that. Like, they did when they hit the sad points, um, it's really compelling, but it's not one of those things where it's like it continuously hits you over the head with it. Um, it definitely keeps the focus on the present characters, but knowing their backstory definitely helps you see into how their mind works and how that helps them like through this journey, basically. Yeah, it's essentially the the show's main message is about hope, I think. it's You see that these characters, some of them went through shitty situations and... Uh, they're going to be okay because, you know, life goes on and, you know, people are strong and that sort of stuff. It's an uplifting That's story. That's lovely. <laughs> I mean, a- after the, you know, the freaky eyes of the monsters and the right. penguin that's disfigured, it's, it's, it's a good show. It's weird. <laughs> More or less freaky than the Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hard. That could probably be its own discussion. Uh, before we wrap up, are there any shows next season that you're looking forward to? I know uh, Kitty and George are looking forward to Food Wars. Yep. Shokugeki no Soma. Food that Wars. sounds a lot better. <laughs> it's, uh, I know, it sounds so much cooler in Japanese. Uh, um, 
I've started watching uh, One Piece, which I know is not new, but they're still coming out with new episodes of it, so I feel like it counts. Yeah, One One Piece will never end. It'll it'll get good. There. I don't think it. I don't think it should. Like I'm currently of the opinion. I mean, I've only just started. Like I'm not sure that I've hit even twenty episodes yet. And I'm already convinced that the treasure of One Piece is the journey that you share in the ocean with your friends. Like, I'm, I'm, <sighs> if it doesn't go that way and it turns out to just be, a, it doesn't turn out to just be a huge troll fest, I will be so disappointed. <laughs> I, I, I would hate that. I, I, everyone else would, but I'm just like, I don't know. It, it kind of. <laughs> 800 episodes, if it yeah. does turn out to be just, a, like, a literal treasure chest, like, holy shit. Yeah, and yeah. that actually kind of just reminds me of the situation with uh, Gokaiger, which is the 35th Sentai. Mm-hmm. And okay. basically, they're looking, the main characters are looking for the greatest treasure in the galaxy. And there's this interview... Is it friendship? No. Is the treasure friendship? No, it's a tangible object. <laughs> and oh! Yeah, like, there's this actual interview where this guy who used to write a lot for Sentai but doesn't write too much anymore, he's like, yeah, if the greatest treasure turns out to be something stupid like friendship or the journey, I'm going <laughs> to punch the writer. That's <laughs> amazing. Well, well. See, clearly I've been watching too much, like, My Little Pony and shit because <laughs> friendship is magic! Well, like, it is a tangible object, but then it does turn out to be friendship all along. Mm-hmm. Like, like it isn't the object. They ignore the object and we're like, you know what? It was our friendship all along. Yeah. It's a cop out. God. Pretty much. I haven't been looking. I haven't looked too much into it yet, but I've heard that uh, was it Mob Squad. No, Mob, Mob, Mob Psycho One Hundred. Mob yes. Psycho. Mob Squad. What, with baby got... with with baby One Punch Man. Yes. Pretty much. It's... I heard that was going to be an interesting show. I know um, nothing about it, but I want to watch it just because it's uh, the guy who did uh, One, One Punch, Punch Man. Man. Yeah. Um, 91 Days it looks like it's going to be pretty cool. It could be pretty cool. Uh, it looks like a more of a down-to-earth mafia <laughs> uh, story, I guess. Down-to-earth mafia. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh... I can't remember. I think there's one called Orange. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm really interested in Orange. That's... Yeah. A more, I wouldn't say it's slice of life, but it's kind of like this romance show with aspects of sci-fi. Basically, this girl gets a letter from her future self that says, so here's how life's going to go to hell. Um, you might want to fix it. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So Here's how life's going to go to hell. First, you're going to get a letter from yourself <laughs> from the future. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping that don't, I don't have too many shows that I want to watch this season, just so I can watch stuff, like older stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I still haven't seen Evangelion yet, so I kind of want to watch that. Like, the wow. only thing I know for sure I'll be watching is JoJo, because that is still going to be going on. Of course. And when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm back from the summer podcast, it, it's just going to be me awkwardly talking about JoJo, JoJo. again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, ReZero is ongoing this season as well. Oh. So I will also be looking forward to more ReZero. Nice. Yeah. Cool. There's also another anime that kind of sounds interesting. It is called ReLife. So. Yeah, I saw that. 
Um, it seems to be like a series or like a genre or something right now. The time travel stuff. The go yeah. time travel. The starting respawn. where this yeah. one. The yeah. The respawn thing. I know that uh, at this point, you know, getting pulled out of your life and landing in a fantasy world is practically its own genre. <laughs> so. Yeah. Like oh. and that's fine. I really like that genre. Yeah, it'll um, it'll definitely be the new thing. Like we just got through three years of uh, video game anime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like it's almost like AR game. Yeah. Yeah. Anime. Oh. <laughs> um. Oh, there's one. There's another show that's not. Well, it's not really anime, but it's that puppet show, Thunder. <laughs> what is it called? What's that thing called? Thunder? Whoa. I there's think... a show. There's a show by the writer of uh, by Urobuchi who wrote Gaim and Madoka. He's oh, making right. he's making a show that's basically a puppet martial arts drama. I think right. I think we've devolved, guys. Dude, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> We're talking Fantasy. about it's puppets. Called, it's called Thunderbolt Fantasy. It's gonna be awesome. It's basically Anime was a mistake. It's basically like a, a wushu wusha. I don't know how do you pronounce that word. Wusha. Yeah. It's basically that, but with puppets. It's written by the guy who did Gaim. It's that's the only reason I want to watch it. I'm not really into puppet shows. It's me neither. I've never seen a puppet show thing, whatever this kind of show is. But yeah, have you never watched uh, Sesame Street? I mean, (laughs) have you never seen any of the Muppets movies? It's different from that, though. Have you (laughs) like like what if this this catches on and that all anime will always be puppets? No, I reject it. This is like a distinctly Chinese thing. There's a ton of shows like this in China, where they basically use lifelike puppets um, and tell like these big epic historical stories. I don't want to live in this world. You're in it. I don't want to live in the puppet world. (laughs) Well, you will. And uh, with that, we will close this episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I would like to thank my hosts, Kitty, George, and David. Thank you for having us. You are the host. Hey, we're all hosts. Are we, though? We are one host. Okay, now. No copyright stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we will see you next time. Goodbye. See you next time, guys. Bye bye. Thanks again for listening to the Tokenet Podcast, the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network. If you like what you hear, you can help us out by leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It lets us know how we're doing and also helps others find the show. For more, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find interviews with your favorite tokusatsu actors. And for everything we've ever done, you can head over to our main site at tokusatsunetwork.com.